Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it, then packaged it, slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now sell it. You want to sell it well. Same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter's. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. I'm Amanda. <laughs> and you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage. <laughs> a, a movie podcast in which we, as a married couple, uh, watch movies and... Laugh about them. Laugh about them. <laughs> we're, we're just laughing because I, I tried to have <laughs> Amanda start the show tonight. And instead of saying, hi, I'm Amanda, she just said, I'm Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like someone came around the corner with a gun, pointed it at you, and said, "Tell me your name." <laughs> it's been a so, long time since we've uh, recorded a podcast, so it, it's it really been feel too long. Natural. We we're uh. not we're not in the swing. We made the Instagram. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, chances are maybe you even you found out about <laughs> us by Instagram. I don't know. Uh, we have like one post up, so we figured we had to follow up on the promise that that. Instagram account and that post implied by making more shows, but it has been the craziest couple Crazy. of weeks. Crazy. Uh, I don't suppose that ever really changes, Amanda, once you reach 30 years of age. Apparently. I mean, now I can say this as a 30 year old. It's true. So happy late birthday to Woo! our co host and mm-hmm. my bride, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. As part of the celebration leading up to your turning 30. One of the things that you asked that you wanted to do, wanted us to do together, was to watch the movie that we're going to be talking about on today's episode, 13 Going on 30. Jenna Rink couldn't grow up fast enough. Smile, sweetie. Don't you knock. Are you wearing a bra? You're not ready Dad, for stop a taping. So on her 13th birthday... Dad. Check this out. Wishing dust. She only made one wish. I hate being 13. I just want to be grown up. And she woke up 17 years later. Hey, sweet Bob. Hey, sweet Bob. You're naked. Well, not yet. Something really freaky is happening here. I slept in an apartment I've never seen before. There was a naked man in my shower and I saw his... Now, she's got a lot of catching up to do. Repeat after me. I am Jenna Rank, Big Time Magazine Editor. I am? Eminem's on the phone. He wants a decision now. Please. Peanut. Today is, the first day. is there anything else you need from me? Actually, I need to find this guy. Matt, it's me. Jenna, why are you here? Yesterday was my 13th birthday, and today I woke up and I'm this. There's something really weird going on. One woman will discover... I like your dress. It's because they've got these incredible boobs to fill it out. Because you've never seen it before. I never have. And you had to see it. This is another one of our good nostalgia movies from your youth. My youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm being exposed to you for the first time. So thankfully we were able to fit that into our busy schedule. Mm -hmm. And uh, on, uh, on DVD we had this. So... We'll just let's just jump right in. Thirteen going on thirty stars uh, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, Judy Greer, Andy Serkis. This is a 2004 romantic fantasy comedy. I think the I watched the trailer before this, and it definitely wants it wants you to think that it's going to be very funny. It's about a 13 year old girl who wakes up in a 30 year old's body. It's her body, just aged. Uh, very well, I might note, into Jennifer Garner. <laughs> In the meantime, though, Jenna apparently lived her life on a kind of autopilot, a trajectory determined by the person she decided to be at a fateful 13th birthday party. 
And the person she's become is outwardly very successful. She's powerful. She works at a magazine that she used to idolize, but she's also become a more shallow, more negative person. Judging from the reactions of her coworkers, she's been mean, perhaps ruthless to them. And her old best friend, Maddie, has mm. glowed right up into <laughs> Mark Ruffalo and of Shocker, course, both yeah. of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Jenna wants most in the world is to make up for how she treated him all those years ago so that they can be friends again and maybe something more. Mm. So 13 going on 30's most obvious cinematic cousin is Tom Hanks's 1980s splash Big, in which a boy of about the same age, I believe, as Jenna is in this movie becomes, you know, he grows up into uh, an older man played by Tom Hanks and he has to then navigate the um, formerly unimaginable worlds of corporate pressure and also adult relationships. And so one of the things that we find when uh, our characters are supposed to be mentally and emotionally children, despite the fact that they're played by adults, is they're now surrounded by adult relationships where things are on the table that you would not have thought of when you were a child. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we begin to discuss the film. This is directed by Gary Winnick, whose other notable credits include the 2006 remake of Charlotte's Web and not a lot else that I recognize. Uh, but this is a movie with one of those really fertile, if not exactly original, what if scenarios that seem to be uh, great playgrounds for both filmmakers and audiences. This particular one is rooted in the universal desire of children everywhere to know what it's like to be a grown up, to want the autonomy that their parents seem to have, and maybe at least in Jenna's case, to skip past some of the more difficult way stations that we all must pass between youth and adulthood. So my question to you, Amanda, watching this again, is, is that what resonated with you uh, when you first watched this movie? I'm assuming you were near the age that Jenna is in the film. I think I was. Didn't we figure out that maybe I was 13 or so? Depending on when you saw it. So the movie came out in 2004. So you would have been 13 that what, year. How, what grade would I have been in? I don't even know. What grade was she in? I'm really bad at grades. You, well, usually 13-year-olds are... Is it? Uh, I think 8th grade. Is it 8th grade? 8th or ninth? When does Drivers... I mean, Actually, it might, no, it might like depend 15, a little bit on yeah. your on when you were, you know, your birth month, but... Yeah, maybe 8th grade. I think that sounds about right. 7th or 8th, that sounds right. Yeah, sorry. No, uh, I was just going to ask, you know, uh, did... Jenna's life as a woman who is 30, flirty, and thriving as portrayed here, was that anything like what you thought, feared, or hoped being a grown-up would be? And now that you are a 30-old, 30-old, <laughs> what is it like to look at this story from the other side? Well, honestly, not too much resonated with me because um, when I was about that age, I grew up being a part of, I guess you could say, like every clique. Or just got around, got along with, you know, all the, like the popular people or whatever. Um, and I mean, I remember wearing the bright colored clothes, like the little off shoulder shirts and like the skirts and stuff like that. But like having braces, I think I was in eighth grade when I had braces. Oh, yeah, it's always the braces. It's like yeah, and so I mean, being awkward. But I would have never written up like a project for somebody like Lucy. So I just like a lot of that is what movies maybe portray like kids being bullied or whatever. I I never experienced that, thankfully. But to me, 30 was just old. I find it funny that the movie made Jenna think that 30 was a cool age to be. Like, why not 21? My 20s? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? <laughs> was it the magazine that she was reading that kind of put that in her yeah, head? Yeah, but like, why even would a magazine do that? I don't know. But I mean, my 20s were more fun and carefree. Like you think of college and in college, we had like the first taste of freedom, but also not the responsibility that being an adult brings. I mean, come on, who wants to be 30 when you have more responsibilities? I mean, I love being 30. I love being married. I love living in a house. But I mean, maybe somebody who's 30 and is single, not in the middle of a pandemic, uh, could be more carefree and go to clubs and stuff. But I mean... Maybe know. that's not the kind of thing you think of when you're a kid, you know? You think of the the freedom and the power that adults have. You don't think about all the responsibility that goes with it. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, they didn't even they didn't show what 
actually being 30 was really like. (laughs) Are you saying that we are not all magazine editors living in Manhattan? I know. I was like, I didn't, I don't even think I thought of that as a kid. I mean, watching that movie, I was like, this, this feels new. Like, yes, you have the freedom and independence, but you also have to worry about going to work, being exhausted after you get off of work, setting up a retirement fund, doing taxes, (laughs) paying bills, making dentist appointments without your mom making them. (laughs) Doing responsible things, not wanting to get out of bed, you know, and just having so many plans with your friends and family where, I mean, you just want to have a night to yourself, but who would want to watch a movie about that, right? Well, who indeed? Who would want to podcast a movie about that? I don't know. (laughs) But I mean, that's exactly what a, I think that's maybe an interesting kind of way to get into how you do a movie like this you know, as a 13 year old, you can't fathom what it would be like to not jump out of bed with the same amount of energy that you currently have. That's true. Yes. I just want to just like, you know, he to be the, the, you know, the get off my lawn guy, but you know, you can't, you kids cannot possibly understand what it's like not to have the energy that they have. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I know that you're a guy and this story is about a girl, but I mean, Mm -hmm. we could relate it to, um, big, but did you ever wish that you could be older than you were when you were 13-ish? And if so, what age? Yeah, and that's uh, that's one of those things where, again, you know, your sense of perception of time is so different when you're a child and your perception of what ages are. I remember when I was about maybe maybe eight, nine years old that I looked at the like the people who were in the youth group at the church where my parents yeah. were, and I thought, you know, they were, they were probably, you know, 16 to 18. And to me, they looked like they were, you know, 20 somethings. They were like adults. I I probably couldn't tell the difference. And then I remember being in high school and thinking that my teacher who was 27 was so old. I know our teachers. I like, I think of my teacher from, um, Spanish class in high school, Miss Loray. She was very close to our age. She was 20 something, but like, I mean, I thought everybody was so old and she was the first one. I was like, oh, wow, she's younger. But like, it still doesn't click when you're a teenager. You're just like, oh, they're old. They have a job. You know, I don't think it would have ever occurred to me to want to be 30, maybe around 25. And yeah. I think that the, my idea of what I would have done or what my station in life would be at 25 was pretty different from reality. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, 25 was a good age, though. 25 was a good age, just not in the same way that I imagined it would be when I was 13. 13, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Mm. So as we get into, we're going to get into this a little bit, break it down. Uh, So before we do that, let's talk about what happens in the movie. Amanda, can you explain the plot? All right. I'll do my, I'll do my best. All right. So this movie is about a girl a 13-year-old girl who is experiencing those awkward times in life and she just wants to fast forward to the future. So literally, it's her fast forwarding to the future and um she's just trying to figure out her life as a 30-year-old, but it seems a little far-fetched for us, of course, watching it. Um and she reconnects with her best friend as a child. And, of course, there has to be, um, you know, a problem that she has to fix and that she has to, um, I don't know, succeed at. And, I mean, that's basically it. Is it, though? And she, yeah, I mean. Give me more. I need more. She, um, she's navigating being a 30-year-old and fulfilling her dreams but she has to she's got to fix it so that her life doesn't end up a disaster this is a lame explain the plot well i only was saying because i feel like you know usually you kind of well this i feel like this movie watching it for the i mean well not the second time because i've watched a lot but watching it now as a 30 old i feel like there's not a lot to it Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. So, uh, you know, again, I'm seeing it for the first time. You're seeing it again. Yeah. What was your history with this? When did you first see it? I mean, I I think I first saw it when it came out in 2004. I mean, I was around 13, and I feel like it was 
I don't remember any movie being like that one that I'd seen at the time. And it was just fun, like all the colors and the music. The soundtrack was really good. I love the soundtrack. I, I think I even had, yeah, I remember having the CD like with that soundtrack with Jennifer Garner and her like pink slip, like leaning off to the side. I just remember the cover of it. And I knew all of the songs, like, you know, when you listen to a CD and you know the first song and you know what song comes after that. Oh, sure. Like all of those songs. And I just, I don't know. I Was Thriller on it? Thriller was on it. It definitely was. Um, a lot of needle drops in this movie. Yeah, there, there are a lot of good songs. But I just, rem- I, I don't know. I remembered liking it and I think it was just a lot of fun. But of course, watching it now, it's like, Okay, there wasn't a whole lot of meat in there. There could have been a lot more. And, like, the thing that she had to do with her work project was just, it was hilarious <laughs> to me. And I was like, did did this really happen? Anyway, so. it And, of course, it's like, oh, you know, having the, the dust on the house and making a wish. And it's just, it seems fun, you know, at the time. But now it's like, come on. Yeah, and the, the wish. So there's... There's one thing we can talk about. Oh, I about. didn't say that in the plot. Sorry. She made a wish to be 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's break that down because it, this is actually, and maybe I think this was, I'll talk about this maybe more as we get into it, but uh, something that I wish there was more of, which was actually the part before she becomes a 30-year-old. Did you wish for more wishes? Okay. Because you've got this story of her with Maddie Mm. And he is clearly in love with her. Yeah. And brings her this. Ha- dream house. Kind Jenna of, house. Doll kind house. of creepy. Gets, it is creepy. It's a little overkill. He put himself in it. It was weird. It it was. is endearing and a, a very, he put a lot of work into it, but it was, it was a little, it was a little much. I don't know if a lot of people would know what to do when presented with such a, such a thing. I mean, she had a good reaction as a 13 year old. But, but he, he didn't, he provide the wishing, whatever. He, yeah. The wishing, pop rocks. Du- <laughs> the wishing pop rocks. That's what they look like. <laughs> Keep that in there. I'm editing that out. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He supplied the pop rocks. Really, this whole thing was his, uh, his long game. This is what he wanted. Sorry. Basically. He did. He he wanted the end. He, yeah. But then you also were talking about, uh, you know, I was watching this movie and I did, did your, did your family, was this a movie that was in your family that you guys watched? I, so you said Eric liked it I mean, yeah, I remember growing up and Eric and I watched <laughs> because we have a lot of one liners from the movie that we say like, do whatever you want. It's not like I need a play by play. Yeah, yeah. And Razzle Red. Yeah. Uh, it was it was surprising to me when I saw that Brie Larson was in this yes. movie. Yes. And rewound to that first scene with the, the, what are they, the, the six, six? The six chicks? Six chicks, yes. And there she was just standing there being a really, story. yeah, an awkward young person. Yeah. She had one line. She did. One line. Uh Jennifer Garner walked so that Brie Larson could run. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, let's talk about you a little bit about the performances because in my mind, that's what is the most successful element mm-hmm. of all of this. You've got Garner who has been cast to be, portray a 13-year-old in a 30-year-old's body. She did a good job. And a task, I would think, that would be quite fun for a lot of actors mm-hmm. to try to pull off. I wonder how old she actually was when they filmed this movie. Figure That's it out. we can find out. Yes, find that out, find that out. So Garner was born in 1972. So she would have been 32. She was 32. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty close. That's, to reality. That's weird to think about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, and this was her first lead role in a movie. In a movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you did you know her before this? Was she like, is this, is this the role that like, is this like the ground zero Jennifer Garner role for you? Or? Well, for me, 
Jennifer Garner is alias. And I'm pretty sure... Wait, alias came out before this movie, correct? I'm pretty sure. I Like, it has to be. Yeah, because we grew up... Dad loved watching Alias. Loves Jennifer Garner, don't we all? But um, I... Yeah, yeah, this Alias started in uh, 2001, so she... Oh, she it did. Was, okay, yeah. yeah. I definitely knew Jennifer Garner from Alias. And um, I'm pretty sure that's the first role that I saw her play, like in the TV show. And I absolutely loved her in it. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's why I liked 13 Going on 30. Like, when it came out, I was like, oh, like, you know, when you're young and you see an actress that you know, and you're like, oh, wow, I want to see this. And um, I, I loved it because she was in it. And I think that's why there was all the fond memories because I loved Alias. That was just, like, the show that you know, dad watched and uh, Chelsea and I watched it and Eric too, probably. But yeah. I don't know that I've ever seen an episode of Alias. <gasps> we should watch it. So good. And I don't know that I've ever been particularly keen on Garner as a performer. Not that she's bad or anything. I just, I, I'm not necessarily sure what her, like her major strengths are as a performer. I will say we love to claim her. West Virginians do because oh. she grew up in Charleston. Actually, was born in Houston, Texas, mm. and and grew up in West Virginia. Is so that like you? I was born in Texas and grew up in West Virginia. Where in Texas? Fort Worth. I should have known that answer. Dang it, shame. Still Texas. <laughs> <laughs> we got a moment here, a, a life moment. Um, uh, yeah, but, but so so she she's asked to play. And I think it actually is. A savvy bit of casting mm-hmm. because, again, you start with the 13-year-old who has not yet blossomed into a woman. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she's got those big lips and she's, but she's kind These of. These incredible know, boobs. But you're kind of, I mean, well, <laughs> some kids develop faster than others. But a lot of kids, you're still kind of a stick at 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was totally a stick. Jennifer Garner's kind of a stick. So she's she, still she's, but, and with the, So that's a, the the physical matching of those two of those two people was, I thought, a, a good choice. And she does have the ability to evidence a kind of mm-hmm. energy that could be considered childlike or you know effervescent in that way yeah I, li- I like even like her voice when she what was it there was something that somebody asked and she said me too like the way she said that i was just like so childlike such a child so i think garner gets it and i don't think there's uh, so any whatever fault i might have with the movie i can't really lay at her feet yeah i was gonna say did you did you like her playing that role or, and also Mark Ruffalo, like, would you have chosen two different actors and actresses or did you like them in these roles? I like Ruffalo a lot generally. Mm-hmm. And he, he has this thing where he'll pop up in these kind of rom-coms, like just like heaven. Yeah. So many of them. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, I, he brings a kind of subdued energy, whereas she's, She's giving you sprinkles, you know, and he's, Sprinkle. you know, but he, he's giving you something that's a little bit more grounded and like sugar on creme brulee. Well, so you're saying he's the creme brulee. Yeah. Just kidding. No, you can't have creme brulee. You can't. You're going to be jello. Just kidding. I was just bringing another chick flick and I screwed it up. <laughs> What's that from? Name that movie. You're never going to be jello. Wait a minute. I know this. No, I don't. Your creme brulee. Um, my best friend's wedding. Ah, oh, that's right. For, for the way you said it, it sounded like it was a Hillary Duff line. And I was, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why not? Okay. But I, I, I like Ruffalo and I, I really like Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Watching her in this again after watching Arrested Development. It was really funny. She's perennially underrated and... I think that she's a lot of fun in the movie, despite the fact that she's not playing a likable character, mm-hmm. but she's still likable because she's Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, Andy Serkis, who... Was he I the boss? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is he in? Well, he's he's most famous for playing Smeagol slash Gollum in <gasps> Lord of the Ring. He's mo- mostly known as a mocap actor, oh. but he does, you know, obviously... What is play, mocap? You know, motion capture, like he'll play... Oh. Like he played, you know, King Kong in the in the 2005 King Kong. Wow, didn't you know, know like, these things. With all the... You know, basically, he's the the guy behind the special effects. Mm, does okay. like the mannerisms and everything for them. He did good mannerisms with Thriller. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have. I think the. I think the performances in this are winning. I think they're fun. I think you've got good actors in those roles. I think what where I kind of maybe not bristle, but failed to really dive into this. Is I, I, I don't know, compared to, especially compared to something like Big, or just like, I wanted to, to kind of ask, you know, it, it, does it does it go far enough in imagining? Because this is such a fruitful scenario, right? Mm-hmm. To say, okay, let's take a child who has one conception of life. Let's, let's put her in this other phase of life without giving her the ability to, you know, gain the experience and the, the wisdom and all this stuff. And, and, and how does she apply that? I feel like that's the key question I would want to ask as if I'm writing this for the screen. Yeah. I mean, how does a 13 year old apply what she knows, what she thinks is important? How does she apply that to life uh, as a 30 year old? Mm-hmm. And I think we get a little bit of that here in the sense that again, her, motivation is almost entirely to make up with this best friend who she now realizes she has slighted. Right. Uh, so there's a there's a sense of, okay, we got a childlike maybe morality at play here that is perhaps ultimately good, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I really wanted I really wanted them to engage more with what it would be like to be suddenly thrown into this incredibly disorienting scenario. And I think one tumble over a wall when she realizes there's a man in her apartment is not quite yeah she it. she caught on way too quickly she's like oh i'm the i'm a magazine editor like okay and then she just goes into it like why why haven't people figured out oh like something's wrong with you the only reason they thought something was wrong with her is because she was nice but not because she's naive and well okay a little bit but they didn't really they just skipped like right over it it was like a little blip yeah, it was incredibly easy for her to essentially pretend to be herself mm-hmm. and have no one really be the wiser. But isn't that what 30 is all about? Oh, wait, go on. <laughs> you fake it till you make it. Just kidding. <laughs> no, like we have to pretend like we're adults and we know things. Like we have to pretend like we know how to roll our 401k over and we really don't know how to do these things. Okay. <laughs> Not speaking from experience or anything like that. Right, of course. It's a purely <laughs> hypothetical scenario. Because I know how to do all those things. Uh, as do I. Yep. I'll tell do you how to do it know? afterwards. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and, then you'll, and then you'll just sit and then there we'll have our budget and meeting. appreciate that you already knew how to do it. Mm, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I guess my question around this is, if so if you, because I think maybe part of the problem, or maybe not, maybe not the problem, but the, the tension here, again, in me watching this as an adult, wanting it to kind of get into some thornier issues, right? Because mm-hmm. it... it, it you could go a lot of places with this. Yeah. And big goes a little bit further. Some people would say maybe irresponsibly so. I was to say, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Refresh. Well, specifically what I'm thinking of, you you have in both movies, mm-hmm. you have a, again, a child, now an adult, who gets a gets a job that they would, it would have been a dream job for them mm-hmm. as you know, again, as a younger version of themselves, she's editor of the magazine that she used to religiously read. Mm-hmm. He, in that movie, becomes a toy tester. Oh, yeah. A perfect... With the big old piano. Mm-hmm. A perfect job for someone who's a child because mm-hmm. he actually knows what children actually want and what they want to play with, right? So that uses directly the, uh, okay, what is what is a ch- what does a child bring to the table and what could they do maybe better than an adult could? Well, yeah, they, they did do that with... You know the magazine, but I well, feel like they, she so they more. they do sort of. Yeah, and I don't want, I don't want to spoil the scene, but mm-hmm. so they they have her again come up with kind of a childlike morality mm-hmm. that would have, that we think okay well, cynically has been passed by by these corporations and all of this, uh, but then we have his relationship with this older woman mm. because he has a coworker or whatever at the I can't remember it's been a long time since I've seen it as well, right? But who you know comes on to him thinking that he's an you know, a man her age and they kind of get into the situation and there's misunderstandings about what's intended, that sort of thing. So you come out again, you come out of the gate with, she's got a boyfriend living in her or some man living in her apartment Mm -hmm. who presumably has been, they've been intimate because, you know, he's just like walking around coming out of the shower and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you have, again, a child who's just on the verge of kind of probably puberty and all this kind of stuff, figure, beginning to figure out what that is like to suddenly being in an adult world where expectations are really different. 
you know, potentially sexes on the table yeah. with different people who she meets. And so... Well, they do that a little bit because Lucy's like, go have fun, play games, like battleship and stuff. And mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. like, okay. Because at least they keep that going. Like she never tries anything with Maddie except kissing him. But I don't know. Well, they have that one really good joke where she's in the bar and she goes by the guy that oh, she's yeah, supposed to be hitting on. Yeah. Right? That's funny. It is. But that that's as that's as far as they go. Yeah, that's the limit of the joke. So I think everything kind of is really is well, really that surface. In the, in the when she goes back to his apartment to sink his battleship or whatever, that was another one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I mean I agree they could have done more. Because what's well, so I guess what I'm saying is if you are trying to make this movie with 13 year olds as part of your audience, mm-hmm. you you have a limit on what you can do and how maybe maturely you can handle those themes. However, maybe not today, because I'm sure 13-year-olds today are way, way, way more mature. Well, not mature, but they, you know, they know a lot more now than 13-year-olds in the past, or at least I would like to think so. I sure didn't know a whole lot of anything. And to be clear, what I'm suggesting is not that this movie would be better if it had more like no, quote unquote adult content. No, you're just and saying. I'm not saying it needs like you know sex like and everything. But I'm just. But yeah. I think a uh, a sense of maybe understanding in the background the gravity of the situation, mm-hmm. especially the idea. Again, I'm thinking of you know what it would you know the emotional toll that it would take on a person just to be suddenly realizing you've missed half your life. Yeah. Um, and that's just not dealt with at all, even mm-hmm. in a kind of opaque way. I don't think. Yeah, no, yeah, she didn't even really. I think it's just where she ended up. She just wanted to be with Matt. But like, yeah, what about all those years that she skipped over? So what I feel like from a from a writing and directing standpoint, there's an astonishing lack of curiosity mm-hmm. by these filmmakers in the conceit that they have established. Mm-hmm. And that's what really bothers me as a viewer. Because when you see a high concept fantasy movie like this, yeah. you want to say, Okay, here there's so many things you can do with this. How are you going to do all those things? And I mean, the gold standard of this is always going to be Groundhog Day. I, I don't <laughs> think there's I don't think there's a better example of taking a really really high concept fantasy premise and just saying we're going to do everything we can do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, granted, you don't have a time loop in here, so you can only you can't repeat everything. But uh, I just think that. So I guess if you want my one criticism, my central criticism of this, it's be more interested in your own story and try to figure out more things you can do with it. Yeah. I mean, I think they should have had more while she was 13, like more, um, more scenes with that. I don't know. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe to, I like those scenes. Yeah. To get us more attached to that character, because I mean, all we see is that party or just like her walking in the hallway, but like maybe give us a little bit more to hang on to so that we want to see, how she's going to handle being 30. Like, I want to see her floundering more. Like, I want to see her feeling awkward like she was as a 13-year-old because you can't grow out of awkwardness. Yeah, see, I think that's it. (laughs) No, that's a really good point. Yeah. I would have liked to see what happens when it's all just too much for her. Yeah. What does an awkward 30-year-old look like? You're looking at it right now. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You probably know a few. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the the game that they play at her at her party that kind of uh, is part of the inciting incident for this is seven minutes in heaven, and, and talking about you know naivete of people that age. Uh, d- did you do you know kids that were playing that? Did you play that? What were the cool kids playing at your <laughs> when you were thirteen? The cool kids. Um, no, I've never played seven minutes in heaven. Um, the only game I played was seven was seven up, seven up. Hands up. Wait, ugh, I screwed up. Seven up. You Did you ever play seven up? Keep going. Where you put your head down. Oh, seven up. Heads, heads up, seven up. Yeah, something like that. Or four corners. No, anyway. Um, no, but that was, I, uh, apparently I was never cool. And I, <laughs> but I am now. Just kidding. Um, no, but I, I never went to any parties like that growing up. I mean, maybe I was too sheltered or innocent or something but i mean i definitely don't mind that i missed out on all that because it doesn't seem like anything that fun but um i mean 
maybe that's why at 30, I thought I would do something rebellious, like getting my nose pierced the day after I turned 30. Gasp. Gasp. Um, but, I've already mentioning that in the opening, but uh, yeah. <gasps> it's out now. No, but I mean, I think I did that just to signify to myself that I'm a real adult and that I can, can and should make my own decisions that aren't always influenced by my parents and older people. But I mean... Maybe that's silly that's to say. That's part of growing up, too. It's a part of growing up. Anyway, so, I mean, I, you know, when you're 13, you're just, you're used to having your parents tell you all the things. But, yeah, I was, I never played uh, any of those games. Did you? Or did you, um, did you ever play Spin the Bottle or anything like that that you would consider rebellious as a teenager? I probably played Truth or Dare once or twice. That's rebellious. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Could be. How crazy did it get? Uh, yeah. And then, you know, with the seven minutes in heaven, I probably knew vaguely what that was, although I wouldn't have known what to do with someone if I was in the closet with them. Because you were homeschooled. Well, I was I'm just kidding. A, I'm just kidding. I'm a child. But yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think I think we tried to play a variation of spin the bottle once, but I don't think it was actually kissing. I think it was something else. High-fiving. It was, well, something more, uh, like, more simple. Because, you know, when you start... Uh, when you start getting people to kiss one another, especially in like high school, things get real complicated real fast. They do. Wouldn't you say? Oh, they do. Drama-wise. Oh, yes. I thought you were implying something else. Um, also, but like, you know, when you're swinging on a swing set at the same time, that means you're dating, right? Right. Once you sync up. Yeah. I never I never knew this, but apparently Daniel <laughs> says that when he was a child. People would say on the No, on it's the not real. So if you're swinging at the same time as someone else, then you're dating. Is that what they said? Yeah. Kids said all <laughs> kind of stupid stuff. They did. There are lots of things. Cootie shots. Circle, circle, dot, dot. Now I've got my cootie shot. Did you do that? I didn't hear that one. Interesting. Okay. Any more wisdom from the public school playground? Yeah, actually, I, I'm not a good candidate to be able to talk about all the all the cool things because I wasn't a cool kid. I was just a kid. I mean, these just are just kid, kid things we're talking about, right? They're not really cool. I, I, I Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may have overstated that with the cool kids part. <gasps> no, I, I was pretty cool. I was a nerd. <laughs> I always thought you were cool. Thanks, babe. You didn't know me as a child. No, oh, I know. but when you did know me, okay. Yeah, I figured I was too big of a nerd for you to ever, uh, you know, ever want to be with. But I mean, you're not you completely are. wrong. You here were you are a nerd. doing a podcast with me. I know. Look at us now. Hashtag marriage. This is us. This is thirty five. Okay. <laughs> so one thing we said was that we would have maybe liked more of the thirteen year old timeline before mm-hmm. it jumped up. What? Uh, what else would you would you have wanted more of, or what was maybe just your favorite scene in the movie? And well, um, my favorite scene would have to be the one where um, Jennifer Garner, Jenna, whatever, uh, does the thriller dance uh, where she wears that cute, colorful dress, mm-hmm. and when <laughs> she tells the girl in the elevator, "I've got these incredible boobs to fill them out," hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl. Anyway. Um, but and she's drinking all the pina coladas because it's like that's the only thing she can think of to ask for for the drink. Um, but I love that scene because, you know, I love a good dance scene. And I just I I mean, obviously, after watching that movie, I wanted to learn the thriller dance, but I'm lazy and uncoordinated. So I did not. But um, still time. <gasps> there's still time. <sighs> Our Halloween party. We're doing the thriller dance. Everyone listening what that will done? be invited Learn the thriller dance. It's on. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. It was so much fun. I just, I, yeah, all the energy and yeah, all of it. What about you? You got a favorite scene? Well, I would have said the thriller dance. What? Nice. Well, because. <laughs> I mean, how could it not be? Partly because it was one of the few actually memorable set pieces in the movie. Yeah. And I thought it was a little bit interesting that in 2004, She's saying, get rid of whatever this mindless electronic music is mm-hmm. and play something with character. Mm-hmm. With a, She specifically says with a melody. Oh, uh, I catch and, and then she plays Michael Jackson. So already in 2004, we were looking back, you know, uh, 
20 years on a time when we when our culture was maybe producing better art and, <laughs> and that's only multiplied nowadays i can only yeah. imagine what we would have been and we're still but we, we're still idolizing michael jackson and yeah. his ilk because you know i don't know but the, the thriller dance is probably yeah i mean it's a it's a sequence that stands out in uh you know I don't know. I, again, a movie where there aren't a lot of sequences that I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember a few scenes or a few like little jokes, but not really um, like set pieces. Yeah, I can't. I mean, but I mean, I have to agree. Music back in my parents' day was better. Or I always grew up listening to like, um, I don't know, like the Eagles and the Rolling Stones and um, even Patsy Cline. So funny. But I... I mean, you can just you just know it's it seemed like it was better back in the day. It it took more talent, I think, but I I mean, I I think that's clearly true, especially considering that the people, um, you know, well, at least going back to maybe the 70s, didn't have the kind of technology that Mm. we have to be able to shape their performances the way that we do. Mm -hmm. Not to say that good music isn't being made. Right. Of course. Uh, but I, it was an interesting coincidence because I was just watching that YouTube video where they were talking about the death of melody and how mm-hmm. the you know melody as a musical concept or mode is kind of on the DL right now in popular music. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember, I'll try to put the link in the show notes so okay, that people yeah. can watch that. Um, anyway, it's a little bit of a tangent, but mm-hmm. so just to bring it around, I know I already kind of said that my core criticism of this was lack of curiosity in and fleshing out the uh, the concept. If you were making this movie as a 13-year-old, how would you have imagined life would be when you snap to 30? Like, is this movie more or less imaginative than you would have been? And what would you maybe have done differently? I mean, I don't even, I don't know what I would have thought at 13 exactly i mean but now as a 30 year old thinking what i probably would have thought i feel like that i would i would have thought that i would be married with kids because like i thought 30 was old so i would just see that but definitely not being single living in a city um for like a big time magazine editor whatever um but i uh i and I probably thought that I would be a vet or like have like a, a veterinarian. Study, yeah. Like have a, a war hero. Oh, a war hero, actually. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, but rewatching it now, I might have made it. Well, I definitely would have made it funnier and probably added, <laughs> <laughs> added things that a real 30 year old can relate to. Um, like today, probably, you know, throw some memes in there. Just kidding. Um, I believe the real problem is that the writers didn't know any 30-year-olds, so they couldn't ask them what life was like. They knew Jennifer Garner. She was 32. She's not a real 30 That's the joke. Oh, <laughs> she's not real. She's famous. She's not famous. Okay. Go on. Anyway. Um, but, I mean, I know the, this... The world has changed, obviously, since this movie was made. And... Uh, so things that were popular then obviously aren't popular now. I mean, well, actually, that's not true because 90s Some trends. Some of them are. <gasps> like what? Pokemon. Pokemon. That's right. Pokemon Go. I mean, but we didn't have TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. But we didn't have TikTok and like binging Netflix. Netflix was on CDs. You couldn't just go on, you know. I know. It was a better time. What? Well, yeah, actually it was. It was a, a simpler time. Well, I mean. Not to go on a tangent, Netflix had a hundred thousand movies that you could rent on on DVD. Their current streaming library is less than four thousand. Really, I didn't realize so that. There was a lot more available to you back when it was discs. Yeah, I remember those times. Dad would have a ton of Netflix CDs coming in like all the time. It was so much fun getting in the mail too. Is it nice, like a little surprise? It was, and now like you know we never get any they mail. Actually, for, just for anyone wondering, Netflix does still ship CDs. Really? Uh, their program is under DVD.com, I believe. <gasps> um, 
uh, anyway, it's, it's, it, they have it separated from the streaming. The library is not nearly as big as it once was, mm-hmm. but for anybody who's still interested, uh, for now, they're still running it. I'm sure they won't forever. So do you have to pay extra? Yeah, it's a separate plan. Oh. So you'd have, uh, but if, you, if you've looked at Netflix streaming and you're like, oh, look at all these shows that I don't care about, and you actually want to watch like classic movies, then um, it's still an option for you to rent DVDs uh, in the mail. Or you can just be like, wow, look at all these Netflix originals that are great. That's me. Sorry. No, no, that's you're good. They're not I, all great. I I stopped that sentence at look at all these Netflix originals. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I wouldn't have made it with a uh, montage where she created a collage on a poster board for her workplace. I thought that was hilarious. Like. That whole montage, and then she's like, hey, I've got this idea, and she puts it on poster board. And it's like, okay, maybe there's more behind the scenes, but it didn't feel like it. And it's like, well, if that's all I have to do to be successful at a job, then cool, I'm already there. I can make a collage. That There's a little something there, and it, it's not explicit in the movie, but mm-hmm. the, now that I'm thinking back on it, what do... 13 year olds know how to do like science projects, right? You put a, you put a trifold up and you just put placed a bunch of stuff in there. That's so that, true. That's kind of what maybe what I was asking for. So I can't be too hard on that scene just okay. for that reason. But I mean, you're right. It probably would not have. I mean, but like it, I would, I would want something more challenging to show, you know, her having to jump through hoops. Okay. Yeah. She had to coordinate all the, cameras and stuff but didn't look like she had any difficulty like organizing all that i feel like i would have a hard time as a 13 year old doing all that i have a hard time certainly yeah but anyway i would i would want to throw in some jokes about how like well she if she really is a 13 year old in a third year old body i don't know i would want her to have some aches and pains i wouldn't i wouldn't want her to but i would want her to wake up one morning not wanting to get out of bed with her knee hurting and just being like, what? Yeah, cricking her neck. She has no idea how she got it. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, regular things. But we always want that. And then we probably watch something like that. And it's like, wow, this is boring. Actually, no, I can't think of anything that I've watched that, you know, has regular things like that. Someone should try it. Sure, there are some of them are out there. but They're probably out there. Well, so. Here's one more thing about this scenario that I wanted to ask you about because it bothers me a little bit that when she wakes up or whatever it is mm-hmm. and she's 30, it's not that because okay, remember in in big for I'm mean, going going back, it seems like an easy reference point. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks wakes up like in his own bed, no time has passed. He's just in an adult body, mm-hmm. right? Now, in this movie, those 17 years have apparently elapsed. Yeah, weird. And her life has been being lived by her. But, yeah, weird, no. Seemingly without her knowledge. So. I don't like that. Does she, like, so I guess to to everyone else and to her, she suddenly has amnesia. Mm -hmm. She can't, it's almost like, it's almost not like she's been transported it's like she can't remember the last 17 years of her life because those 17 years in this story happened. Yeah. And they just happened in a totally different way by someone who, as far as we can tell, is almost unrecognizable as this person. Yeah. But then but then it brings her back to being 13. So that's weird. So then is the whole thing just a simulation? I don't even know. Is the whole movie just like a what if like a uh some kind of a you know uh like a like a virtual reality thing where she plays out what would happen if she maintains her current course like the the ghost of christmas future but it's like there's never any answers about that so it's like at the end okay am, am i allowed to say spoilers now yeah okay we're, we're gonna get into spoiler talk we'll talk about the end of the movie and all other things so <laughs> if you haven't watched it and you're still interested, I'm pretty sure you can find this on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, probably. But, like, so at the end, they get married, her and Maddie, and they're living in a house and everything. But it's, like, it seemed like she didn't live all of that. Or, I mean, I don't know. So, it's just, it's weird because there's no explanation for it. But, you know, it's a movie. Maybe it doesn't have to have an explanation. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, you do wonder, you know, at some point during those years, does she does she have a constant fear that if she changes too much else that she could, <gasps> you know, go off course and, and and mess things up? I don't know. Like it's almost like a time travel movie in yeah. that way. Uh, but I just think, man, you know, who is that? Uh, who is that imposter that lived her life? Do we all have? Do we all have an autopilot life that uh, is like happening in the background? Yeah, and it's like, what did she do to not be close to her family? And it's just like she was doing things that you would think, oh, this thirteen-year-old Jenna wouldn't be like that, and like sleeping with somebody's uh, husband and all this stuff. And you know, I don't know. It it's just it's weird. It's why it almost reads like a cautionary tale. It's almost like if you're mean to your friends, this is what will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, strange. <laughs> yeah, that was why I wanted to not forget to get to that uh, that little that little bit because the again the the metaphysics of this are terrifying. You know what's a you know what's another movie that almost feels the same even though it's not the same premise is Blank Check. Did you ever see that? Uh I don't think so. Who's in it? I have no idea. Um, I don't think I've seen it. So a kid gets uh, gets a check for a million dollars and can do whatever he wants with it. Maybe. And it's kind of like this because not again. You've got somebody who hasn't attained any additional like you know wisdom or life experience. He's still at their or I don't know if he's thirteen. He's around that age, and but he's gotten like like essentially the the power uh, bought by money mm-hmm. of someone who's probably beyond his years and, and you see only got a, a million I mean, you, you, you see what what does a 13 year old spend th- spend a million dollars on right mm-hmm. is the question so i don't know it's kind of a similar like what is what does a 13 year old do with adulthood you know mm-hmm. I, i've i've said it ad, ad nauseum so i'm gonna stop now but mm-hmm. do you have anything else you wanted to say about this or do you want to get into ratings we can get into ratings Ooh, what are we gonna use what are we oh i know do you know razzles Oh, Razzles, of course. Duh. Razzles. So I figured you would know this one. You'd be able to come up with that. Yeah, yeah. It was on the tip of my tongue. My okay. razzle red tongue. Um. So what would you give 13 going on 30 ah! out of five Razzles? Uh, this is difficult because as a child, I would have given it, I mean, as a 13-year-old. Oh, we could do that. We could do 13-year-old rating and 30-year-old rating. Ooh, okay, you want to do that? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't have a 13-year-old rating because I only just saw it. I wonder if you would have week, liked but... it more or less as a 13-year-old. I would hope that you would have liked it more, but probably not. I would have been I would have not had the same criticisms. <laughs> I might have thought, "Oh, it's a girl movie," but Yeah. Well, Eric liked it. <laughs> some of those have become much more endearing to me. As I've gotten older, like for example, when I was younger, oh. I thought Beauty and the Beast, the mm. animated one, was like the one that was for girls. Yeah. And now that I'm older, I see it for the great movie that it is. So but, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you like you said that Clueless was your top movie of last year. So Clueless was great. Yeah, Clueless is great. Um, okay. As a 13 year old, I think I would have given this like a four and a half out of five because. It had Jennifer Garner, and I was around that age. I'm like, oh, wonder what it's gonna be like when I'm 30. Not like that, um, but in a good way. Not like that. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but now I would give it two razzles out of five, just because I don't know. The two razzles is for the nostalgia and the thriller dance. It's fun, but it's like. I don't know. I feel bad saying it. Maybe you've changed me. You've made me into a sophisticated viewer. This is, this is my fault. This is, this all is my your fault. fault. If anyone wants to know. <laughs> I appreciate good movies now. Not to say that this is not a good movie. It's a good one for anyone just to watch. But I was honestly a little disappointed after watching it because I, I wish that there was more. So maybe you've caused me to think more about movies and what I would like. Well, in that case, I... I will accept that because <laughs> obviously here we are talking about movies. I think it's good for everyone to think about the entertainment that they consume. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's beneficial for us to try to uh, hold art to a standard. 
And I, I think the people who are making these movies would probably appreciate people being able to think more about them instead of me being like, well, I, I mean, I always remember this example, like when we watched Coco, that movie, and I was like, wow, that was good, bright colors, music, and it's like, that's all I really need to be like, cool, and then you're like, wow, this raises a lot of questions, like, if you had to have a talk with your child, like, about all of this, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And to be fair, there's nothing wrong with comfort food. I've got no problem with feel-good movies. Yeah. And I, I'm i interested in, in a lot of movies that are basically escapism. Mm-hmm. I think especially in this last year with the pandemic, I have gravitated more towards escapist movies mm-hmm. than, you know, something that's necessarily like a, all these movies that are nominated for Oscars, although some of them are good. But like, uh, so it, it's not to blanketly say, uh, you know, entertainment has to engage a particular you know, set of topics or reach an intellectual level or this thing or that thing. But uh, again, I think it's about saying, okay, if we, if I watch this and, you know, it really doesn't do a whole lot for me, uh, why is that? You know, and so I think in this case, it's kind of like, okay, maybe this was a little bit more disappointing than we would have liked. Yeah. And so we ask, well, why do we feel that way? Mm-hmm. What could the movie have done? Yeah. And I think it's mostly like that just because I've experienced 13 and also 30 now. And it's like a movie like this that you feel like you can relate to because it's like everybody experience. Well, not everybody, but everybody will hopefully experience all those ages. And you're like, oh, I feel like I know a little bit about this and I can offer an opinion. So maybe that's why it's easier for me to think about it now than before. Yeah. Anyway, how many razzles would you give it at 13? Again, I don't have a 13. Okay, pretend like you're a 13 year old. I don't know if I would have given this a time of day. There's, like I said, either it either would have been, oh no, this is a girl movie and I wouldn't have liked it, or it would have been one of the few that like slowly became a nostalgic favorite, like while you were sleeping, mm-hmm. and then I would have given it like maybe, uh, maybe three and a half. I was gonna say, why don't we just get some magic wishing dust and wish to go back to thirteen? Just kidding, don't do that. I would never. Has this been done in reverse? I don't know. We should look into it. Next podcast. Somebody, I'm sure somebody heard this and immediately can name the movie, but I have to think about it. Well, what what does 35-year-old Daniel uh, want to give it in Razzles? I'm going to give it two. Yeah, okay. Two out of five Razzles. I understand that. But that's good. I mean... Same as your 30. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely not... It's not unwatchable. It, it's rather... Like, I thought it was easy to watch. It just was kind of bland and not that interesting and i give it two stars primarily for the cast because i think they're all doing as much as they possibly can with what they're given uh and i so i found it i found it likable in spurts poor jen doing all of her commercials now her neutrogena and whatnot well but she does have a new movie called yes day oh yeah i have yet to watch it need a jennifer garner fix i i uh i was tempted to watch it but then i uh Watch something else, which brings us to the nightstand. That's right, our segment, the nightstand, where we uh, just give uh, we talk about maybe what's on your nightstand. What else have you been uh, watching outside of what we do for the podcast? So, anything else you want to talk about, Amanda? Well, other than Prim sitting on my nightstand, just kidding. But really, she does. Um, I have actually been watching, well, it's not surprising to say that I have a new TV show that I'm into this time. Uh, and it's, so it's difficult for me to find a good show and like stick with it because I feel like I just, I have these moods where I really just want to find something that will fit it. And I am a relational type of person, which is why I like TV shows. And so I feel like if I find if I waste the time watching one episode and I don't like it, I'm like, I don't want to have to watch all of it, but I feel like I have to watch all of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then I spend like 30 minutes to an hour like scrolling through Netflix, maybe not an hour, but scrolling through Netflix trying to find something. And then Netflix gives me the ratings and I'm like, do you really know me or are you lying? When you say ratings, you mean how they like... When they say that this is oh, the recommended you for like 99% recommendation yeah. or that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I was scrolling and I uh, flipped on to Ginny and Georgia and Netflix told me 
that I would like it 99%. I would 99% like it. And guess what? You 99% did? They were right. Um, So Jenny and Georgia is a show. It's actually one season. I think there's 10 episodes. I'm probably on like episode eight right now. Maybe. Um, Maybe seven or eight. And I just started it like maybe two nights ago. Um, But it's about, it's basically an edgier Gilmore Girls. So it's about a mom and a daughter. So this mom had a baby when she was 15. And it's about just like their relationship and how Jenny is um, navigating her life as a 15 year old. And like, you know, her mom wanting to keep her from making the same mistakes as her. And it's, there's a lot of twists and turns in it. I mean, uh, Georgia, the mom, has two kids, Austin, which is the younger brother, and then Jenny, who's 15. But um, they moved to a new town, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy it, but uh, <laughs> I guess I kind of like those shows that have, like, the teenagers. I don't know. It's I don't know why I like it. Maybe I feel embarrassed to say that, but I don't know. It's fun. If you're into that sort of stuff, if Netflix <laughs> thinks that you would like it 90% or more, maybe you right. should check it out. Maybe you should check it out. I don't know what I would uh, what I would compare it to. I don't know. I mean, I know I said Gilmore Girls, you but, did say that, yeah. but it's not. I mean, it's it's probably like raunchier. Well, I don't know. It, But it's very quick because Gilmore Girls is many, many, you know, seasons. But anyway, All I'm going to say about this is that Brienne Howie or Howie, yeah, who plays the, the lead, mom Georgia, mm-hmm. yeah, was born in Los Angeles, California. Mm-hmm. So she's she's trying real hard with that southern accent. Oh yeah, that that's a little bit uh, cringy. Like the the accents are really cringy. But if you once you get past that, I may not be qualified to tell what what is a uh, authentic Georgia or not, but it, I don't know. It's, it's pretty bad. It's just hard. It's hard to do. And she's, she's really pretty, but like, man, she's her eyebrows. Those eyebrows are doing some heavy lifting. They sure are. And her, she's got a very big mouth, um, like lots of teeth in her mouth. Anyway, she's very pretty, but I'm just like, she's got very striking features, but it's fun to watch her. She crazy. She crazy. Anyway, what's on your nightstand? Up until this very moment, I've debated what I'm going to mention. I actually have not been watching a lot in the... There hasn't really been much off-season because we've been so busy that I really haven't been watching so busy with anything. I've been meaning years. to catch up on Oscar movies. Mm. But the, the one rando movie that we did catch up with, and this was a recommendation from Pure Cinema Podcast for their uh, Teen Movie Hell episode was Rock and Roll High School. Oh, yeah. Which we watched on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. This is a 1979 um, high school comedy slash music movie, yeah. musical. Uh, and PJ Souls is the lead who most people will probably recognize from Halloween. Uh, this was her one leading role that they did. And it's one of these, you know, it's one of these anarchic high school movies kind of in the Maybe in the vein, I want to see like an Animal House or something, although I actually haven't seen Animal House, so I can't. <gasps> you haven't? I, I have not. So that's a that's a blind spot I have to fill in. We got to watch that. But essentially, it's about a this one girl at the school who is a, a punk rocker. She's absolutely in love with the Ramones. And so, and, and the school gets a new principal who's like basically a, you know, a, a drill sergeant. She kind of looks and talks like an SS agent, like she's a you like know, Professor Nazi Umbridge. or something. And she tries to, you know, it, it's a, the classic clash between the, you know, the older generation that doesn't understand the kids and the kids who just want to have fun and, you know, cut up and listen to punk music. And the Ramones are in the movie. In fact, they're in the movie a lot. There's a bit at the end where it's just like a long Ramones concert. And then the <laughs> weirdest scene in the movie is where the, the the main character has this like fantasy sequence where the Ramones are in her bedroom and they're singing one of these songs. Um, I can't remember the name of it at this exact moment, but yeah, I, remember I want the you scene. around, something like that. And uh, the, the Ramones are 
clearly have no screen presence whatsoever. And, and so it's very weird when they're on screen. But the movie is a lot of fun. It's surprisingly funnier than you would expect. A lot of the jokes really work, especially the stuff about the, like the mouse and everything. When she blows it up, she was like, oh. note, note the loss of hearing. That's a great <laughs> gag. Um, and just a, you know, a, a shot of kind of chaos and anarchy that I thought was, uh, we're talking about, you know, talking about escapist entertainment, a true feel good movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice palate cleanser from some of the other stuff we've been watching. Yeah. Crazy. And I think that's, I think that's all we have. That's a wrap. So once again, Amanda, happy birthday. Thank you. And- Hopefully you're 30 flirty and thriving. That's 30 right. and flirty and thriving. 30 and flirty and thriving. All together now. Just kidding. 30, 30 and, and flirty, flirty and, and thriving. thriving. <laughs> 30, 30 and flirty and, and thriving. There's no place like home. There's no, There's no place like home. What did she say to Lucy about turning 30? I've decided it's going to be totally awesome. I can't remember if she said that or great. Anyway. It's going to be totally awesome. It's going to be totally awesome. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for uh, checking us out on Instagram. So we mm, do have an Instagram. Check out the gram. We are at scenes from a marriage. And also, if you would like to email us, podcast at scenes from a marriage.com. Or DM us. Slide into our DMs. Okay, that's Slide weird. into those DMs. <laughs> oh, it's good. Just walk right past the older man at the bar and <laughs> slide into our DMs. <laughs> All right, until then, stay cool and be nice to your friends. Be nice to your friends. And we'll see you next time. Bye.